I don't know if we can still do that song anymore because she doesn't live in Echo Park. Oh, that's uh, too bad because that's a really good song. Well, you know what? But we can't play it ever again. Ever again. No. You know, the songs, first songs yeah. always have to be truth. 100% truth. Oh, what about all those other uh, theme songs for the Nooner that mentioned Dan? Who? Dan, Dan, the former uh, uh, host Don't who know. hasn't been host for about uh, two decades. Don't know. You don't see you mm-hmm. don't play those anymore as much. Um, I, I don't know who you're talking about. OK. All right. Good. Yeah. Is good. your is your are you using your boom mic? I mean, you're. Yeah. That's, that's fancy mic. All right. Because it doesn't doesn't sound doesn't like sound, it. doesn't sound. No, you're not using it. I'm not using it. Cool. All right. All right. It's it's always something. Yeah, we had a sound check earlier. And uh, welcome to the Nooner Podcast on the Smodco Internet Radio Network. I am a host. My name is Marty. I'm here with another host named John. We're doing a two-hander via Zoom. And um, yeah. Steve is out sick. Cassandra has been very busy working. So that's um, a bummer. But I do want to mention that uh, last week. Does that, that sound better? Does that sound much better? better? Yeah. They, they, they uh, took over. And um, I didn't actually listen to the show. I've never actually listened to the show. So uh, hopefully it was. It's a, really, it's a really good show. Okay. Especially, especially the parts that I'm on. Really good show. So just the parts where you're speaking, I should just edit, yeah. edit edit the other two out. Yeah, I mean, if we wanted to do it like a a really like the best of Nooner, we could just cut out everybody else talking and just and just me, and that would be probably that would really serve our listeners and the world a lot better. Well, I think we should actually cut out all the listeners as well and just have you be the only listener to your um, banter. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think that's the way to go. It's the perfect, the perfect uh, host for the perfect audience. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I mean, because uh, I really enjoy myself in every possible way. It's nice not to have Cassandra. No, I don't, uh, yeah, I don't want Cassandra to here to say that 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 sounds gross because that, I, it I, it's not. Gross. It doesn't sound gross when it's I say gross. it. It does. Mm-hmm. It is gross. Yeah, it is gross. Okay. Uh, how have you been, John? <laughs> Uh, I've been great. I've been very good. I've been excellent. I went to uh, England and dropped off, uh, you know, my offspring in uh, in England, and uh, that was wonderful. Um, and uh, I've been back, and uh, I started working at a job where I uh, a part time uh, gig to go along with my teaching, where I'm watching sports. Oh um, my goodness! And- yeah, you can basically you get paid to watch sports. Yeah, I get paid to watch sports. That's it. That's really kind of the job. Um, can you uh, expand on that just a little bit? Oh well, okay. So uh, there, you know, uh, there there are a couple of uh, let's just I, I've become a little bit more cagey about sharing specific information about <laughs> myself and the companies I work for. But um, so, so you work for there Fox are some, Sports. There are some uh, satellite companies that exist, uh-huh. um, and uh, on those satellite companies, they have sports mixes, which are um, channels that carry like six or eight or four or two, um, you know, sports games. 
like they have all of the a uh, lot all the baseball games on one channel uh, during baseball season and all the football games on one channel during on Sunday. And so there has to be somebody to make sure that that's working. And um, it's been going on for decades. So pretty much everything that could possibly go wrong has already gone wrong. So um, it's it's a well-oiled machine. Is it's what a very saying. well-oiled machine. So, and do you have to be there in person, or can you monitor yeah. from home? No, no, I, I have to be there in person. Ah. But eventually, eventually, I might, I might actually be able to do it from home once I've been there for a little while. My uh, the guy who got me the job is an old, old friend of mine. He's been there forever, and he can do it from home. But he also like lives within walking distance of the place, so he just he comes in. But you know, yeah, it's it's a pretty great gig. Uh, that's uh, great, especially since the I watched the the Red Sox win. I hate I hate watching baseball when I care about the result. It's a very painful game, and um, it's a it's a painful game anyway. It's just just it's, you feel so helpless, and you, Even more more than other sports, I feel like. Well, that's how I feel about all sports: is that you're helpless. You have no influence over the outcome of the game, mm-hmm. and it's not like a well crafted story the way that a film is. So right, and for all the cheering and the or a film can be oh, right. Sometimes I've seen sporting events that were better than films. I guess the 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 wild card game with the uh, Dodgers was pretty exciting. Um, uh, it was. The, yeah, the, yeah, it was the. I didn't see it. Bottom of the ninth home run. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't. It just like when people get so angry and impassioned about it, it just sort of takes the fun out of it and mm-hmm. you know but um and yeah and then you just hear about these players who are i don't know like how many of how many uh, members of the red Sox are actually from boston you know oh i i don't know nobody i right, mean right right so then why would why would you we have uh why would someone from boston feel an affiliation with a bunch of people from you know, other I don't places. know. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, uh, I very rarely watch sports, but I get very involved emotionally. And I was saying that to my wife last night. I said, I don't understand me myself. I don't understand why I care at all. You know, I, I don't, I don't understand why I care about the Boston Red Sox, except that I was waiting for them to win for forty years. Mm-hmm. My grandfather wanted them to win. He went his entire life without them winning everything, you know, and I, but, but, but who cares? It's just, it's just a game, but I, I get very, very happy when they win, when I'm watching them or I, and, and I get mildly happy if I hear about them winning. Um, but if I'm watching them, I get involved in the game and I care. And, uh, well, I you know, I, I really enjoy watching sports where I don't care about the outcome. Yeah. I, I like that just to see, incredible feats of, of yeah of uh sportsmanship and and athleticism yeah but we i think we also want naturally i think human beings want to feel like a member of a tribe we want to sure. feel like a, a sense of ownership and so that one really easy way is to be like i like you know blue and white therefore i'm a dodgers fan you know yeah absolutely i i totally understand that and that's a fun thing to do but I don't feel like I signed up for this. Like, I don't feel like I have a choice when it comes to these. And it might, it's just like nostalgia or, you know, growing up out there. 
But like, I can't like watch uh, an important baseball game, like a playoff game. Mm-hmm. Like, and because I can watch, I mean, who cares? The 164 games or three games or whatever that they play during the regular season, who cares? If they do incredibly well, they're going to lose like 60 of them. You know what I mean? If that, that's like, it, it, that's, there's so many games. It's insane. It doesn't matter. But the playoff games, all of a sudden, they're a big deal. And every single football game, you know, when I watch the Patriots now lose, which they do a lot, um, I'm not happy. I'm oh, I get disappointed when they're doing, oh, oh. And it's like, why am I disappointed? Because I agree with what you're saying. Like, it's fun to sort of get involved and, and get, a, you know, uh, what am I thinking? Like, you know, to be part of a tribe. Right. You know, and, and, to, and to, like, go to a game and cheer for somebody and, like, yay, we're all together and yay, oh, boo, oh. But when I, think, yeah. I, I am, I, I'm alone when I'm alone and it's 19, you know, 80, uh, what was it? It was 1984. I hadn't watched a, a, a baseball game since 78 when they, they lost a game against a playoff against the Yankees to lose the pennant back when they had pennants. Right. So I didn't watch the, the Red Sox again for six years. And I find out and I'm like sort of paying attention a little bit and they find out they're in the World Series. And they could win it tonight. And I go home and, and I'm at home from college and I'm alone in my mother's house. And I'm watching the sixth game of the World Series in 1984. First game I've watched in six years against the Mets. And that's the very famous game where they were up. And then they, uh, uh, Bill Buckner let the, the ball go between his legs, at, dribble between his legs at first base. And the Mets won. And I didn't even watch the seventh game. I was covered in, in, you know, really bad flop sweat and I was alone and I was just miserable and I didn't, I didn't like make a choice to like, it it felt like I had, I, it wasn't, it was, wasn't up to me to, to care about the outcome, which is weird. Well, I think that also kind of explains, um, you know, a lot of the way people feel about religion, you know, it's part of their culture, it's part of their growing up. And they feel like they belong to it, and that becomes stronger than, than say I don't know, or or a QAnon, for instance. Like people, they they feel a sense of ownership and tribe uh, tribalism, and they get excited about being part of something. Mm-hmm. Yes, but when when you're when you're in a religion, like in your you're in the Catholic Church, you don't get deeply uh, deeply saddened by a walk off home run. By the devil, you know. Right. I think you do actually. I think that's the whole thing. I don't think the devil's really good uh, at batter. baseball. <laughs> no, but hell of a hell of a fastball, though. Does he really? Yeah, yeah. I I, I guess I've never really seen him play. Um, but football, the same thing. Like, yeah. Uh, I I mean, I re- I really actually enjoy watching um, games where I don't care. And when my team, which is basically the the New England teams, when my teams are playing, I get emotionally invested, and I and I get very disappointed if they if they when they lose. Yeah, yeah. But then something like you know, John, you heard about John Gruden, right? The uh, yes, the coach of the Las Vegas Raiders, Chucky. Is that is that his nickname? Yeah, because he looks like Chucky. Oh yeah, he does look like Chucky, the yeah. evil doll. Yes, he's this little this pound cake of a man who's 
won Super Bowls, at least one Super Bowl before, mm-hmm. and uh, he's the coach of the, the Vegas Raiders, and some 10-year-old emails came out, 11-year-old emails came out that um, were showed him using racially insensitive language. He, um, The New York Times found emails where he uh, denounced women being employed as as officials. I think um, somebody summed it up, I think, and said basically he offended everybody. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah. And he went had, after everybody and the commissioner. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, except for maybe white men. Oh, uh, yeah. Straight, Straight white, white men. men. Yes. And, and he went after Michael Sam, who was the uh, first uh, gay player to enter the draft, open, openly gay player to enter the draft. Uh, and um, well, yeah, but that wasn't 10 years ago. Uh, uh, when when was that? It was before then. Was it? I no, know. I thought that was recent. Uh, it was around then i um but anyhow he he went off on people who uh, protested the national anthem basically he's like the worst like hateful uncle at thanksgiving you know and uh, at first he the first things that came out were just the the um racial slur that he used to um to um as an adjective for demoris smith who's um NFL Players Association executive director, and um, and then he um, apologized for that. His his players stood by him, and then all this other stuff came out, and he resigned. And do you think that's um, that makes sense to you? Like him resigning, like that's that's worth. I don't know. I'm not sure. No. I, I I really I I'm not I'm not sure because I didn't I don't didn't read the the email. I mean, it seems like it. But like I, I'm getting all everything about this kind of secondhand. Right, right. Right. So my uh, my opinion is I, I don't know. You know, and, and that's terrible. You know what? I'm I'm really sorry, Marty, because I I really should like we have this sort of podcast, right? And I should I should I should have an opinion, right? It's just just no, to have an opinion. I, I think that that's a valid opinion. What you're saying is is well, actually, I don't know. Yeah, because because we don't we you know we get it secondhand. It's it's filtered through, like we get the worst things that that um, that he said. I mean, if we pulled out the worst things that uh, Kruger said, he would go to prison. You know, on this podcast, <laughs> he would go to he wouldn't go to Twitter jail. He would go to jail jail. You know what I really loved was back when he used to call call uh, uh, Cassandra the coos. And then he would get upset when people use the word ginger. Oh yeah, yeah. It was it was a uh, strange. Um, yeah, but but for instance, like, yeah, I don't know. I don't really know what the context in which he said all. If he was private, you know, if he if he's a like if he's a racist homophobe pig in private, I would not be surprised. Right. But my understanding, vague understanding, not really looking into this, um, uh, just just sort of by osmosis. Is that he was writing all this shit to in like group emails to other uh, NFL uh, muckety mucks? Yeah, you know, and it, it's not really surprising that nobody said, "Hey, shut up, you pig!" Well, in that context, unless that circle is just a, a pigsty. Well, that's what I mean. Yeah, I, it, that, it, I'm not surprised that they that it is a pigsty because it's all rich white men um, who have really high opinions of themselves i mean Mm -hmm. that's you know honestly that's the thing that is it's like the people who are successful who think that therefore 
the world, the, the, everybody else who's not successful should be shit on, and everybody else who's not them should be shit on. And I don't, I don't fucking understand that. It really pisses me off. And well, going back, I'm, I'm sorry, but going back to the whole like sports thing, I hate it when people who are uh, fans of my team, and I have a lot of friends who are like this, like who are Red Sox fans, who like denigrate the Yankees, like. When the Yankees lose, they say, ha, ha. I'm like, don't be a sore winner. They were sore winners forever. We don't have to be like them just because now we're winning. You know, it's like, who cares? It's, uh, it just bugs me. Like like uh, putting other people down in any context uh, really, really just it rubs me the wrong way. And even if it's, you know, in innocent fun or whatever, just gross. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I think that. There, there was a study done in 2019 where they, like, I don't know, there were a couple different um, statistics that were thrown around about CEOs, like as high as 12% of CEOs uh, exhibited psychopathic traits. Sure. And you know, or, or as many as... Up I to worked like for all 1%. of them, I think. Yeah. And so, you know, these are people who are incredibly driven to do mm-hmm. one thing and... Um, and they do it very well, and they have a, a sort of tunnel vision. And I think that someone like John Gruden falls into that category because he's. Oh yeah. You know, he, I remember an early interview with him. He would just, you know, he would just walk around his house just thinking about football constantly. You know, mm-hmm. and, and like he was known for never smiling and and just being just all business. And you know, and, and I'm sure he doesn't think about. Like he doesn't have empathy or I mean, I, I'm totally speaking out of school, but like I can imagine him not having being a very empathic person and being you know sensitive to other people's feelings because that doesn't get him what he wants, which is like a Super Bowl ring, you know. Right. So, yeah, it's not surprising. And it, it's just it is disappointing when um, because, uh, you know, he's a great coach. There's no denying that. He's a great coach. Yeah. I mean, in, in terms of winning, if that's all you care about, you know, just like, you know, Mark Zuckerberg is a great uh, CEO. I don't I, I don't know if he's a, a great. I mean, he's great at at getting eyeballs and generating money. I don't think he's a great CEO, you know. No, I don't think he's a great CEO. I think that he I, in fact, I think. Yeah, I think he he. He did an amazing job for a little while, but now he's caught himself and his company in a in a basically a no win situation. Yeah, where they have to can either continue basically uh, based on their own like internal whatever they have to continue to be evil until basically they and they're kind of like saying please please legislate us let make laws for us we can't control ourselves we have. A setup where if we actually stop doing the evil shit that we're doing, we will get sued by our stockholders so, for not making money. And it, they blame government for not regulating them, which is total BS. Yeah, it's it's disgusting. Yeah. Uh, but back to the sports thing. Tyson says, um, says, I don't have enough information to form a confident opinion. He's, that's a, in a quote. He says, it's pretty much the best mindset to start with when it comes to controversy. Thank you. Um, Thank you. Was that me? Did I say that? That was you. So I I come from the best mindset. See, Tyson, Tyson could be my other listener. He could listen to me and we could just 
I could talk and I could listen to myself and Tyson could listen to myself and he could tweet back to me all the great things I say. It seems like a match made in heaven. Oh, my God. All right. We'll see you next Tuesday. Um, he wants to know um, what you think about significant sports events being adapted into films. Is that a good thing? And if you have, if so, do you have any favorites? Oh, gosh. Uh, I don't, uh, you know, the only thing that comes to mind is, is Miracle, which was with, uh, Kurt wasn't Russell? that uh, Kurt Russell? Mm-hmm. And and it was about the miracle on ice. I I listened to that that game on the radio. I was driving to my father was driving me to a rehearsal during high school. So this was and, a, uh, the the, uh, the 1980 Olympic hockey team. Was it 80? Yeah, yeah, 80. Yep, the 1980 Olympic hockey team, and they 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 won, <laughs> they won, they won against the Russians, so that they uh, could then play. I think Finland for the gold medal game. And it was the Russians back then were completely unde, undefeatable, and and uh, at the end of the third period they were ahead, and I was like, wow, maybe they could do it. And my dad was like, they already did it. I said, what do you mean? He said, there's three periods in hockey, and I was like, that doesn't make any sense. What the hell kind of game only has three periods? And you stormed out of the room. And I stormed out of the car, even though it was running. Oh, that's right, you were listening to the radio. That's hilarious. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, and never saw another hockey game or never listened to another hockey game again. I, I actually never did. <laughs> well, no, but the, that's fine. I, have I was so outraged. But that does. It does. It does. So, yeah. So the question is, uh, let's see. I can't think of any other um, real was movie, life. Was the movie good? Miracle? I remember that it was good. Yes. I remember enjoying the heck out of it. But part of it was nostalgia. Um, but, you know, um, because I remembered how great it was and exciting it was that they uh, won that game. And it really was a ragtag bunch of guys, none of whom really went anywhere in professional hockey. And the Russians were basically at that, the Soviets. They were professional hockey players, you know, and they weren't, they, they were only allowed to be on the national team. There wasn't any professional. So the very best hockey players in Russia were on that Russian team. They were right. You know, and they were paid very well. And back then, uh, or they were taken care of in whatever way it was. And back then, there could be no professionals on any uh, Olympic teams. Um, so anyway, it was it was a it was an underdog situation, and they won, and it was very exciting. And the movie was, I think, I think the movie was great from what I barely remember. Did you remember any other movies about? Um, um, it was the one uh, Char- Chariots of Fire. Yeah, uh, there was Invictus. Snore. Yeah, that was Invictus is one that Tyson pointed out, and you know that would I don't think I saw it. Yeah, see that is interesting to me only because I don't know how it ends. You know, like I know how Miracle ends, so I, I'm not that interested in it. I know mm-hmm. that uh, yeah, so that um, yeah that that I I don't know what happens in Invictus. So I think if you're telling a story, it's kind of like when you, um, well, no, it's not quite this, but. When you remake a movie, why would you remake a movie that's really great? You know, why would you like remake? Did you see? Did you see that movie that uh, shot for shot reconstruction of Psycho? Uh, Psycho that yeah. Van Sant did. Yeah, Gus Van Sant. Did you did see that. it? Yeah, oh yeah. I didn't see that. It seemed like yeah. the nuttiest thing I've it ever seen. It was worthless. Yeah, it's totally worthless. And and because you're just you can't not compare it to the original, which is great. And similarly, 
not exactly, but you know, if I know how, in in this way, like like that hockey game is much more exciting in real life than it is on as a movie because I know how it ends as a movie, you know. Right. Yeah. So I'm just like, all right, I like I just I remember seeing it in the paper. They won. Was was Field of Dreams based on a true story? Yes, it was. It was. His father comes out of a cornfield. Yes, yeah. a Ray yeah, Liotta but... comes out of a cornfield. Yeah, um, as as uh, Kevin Costner, a, re- a revenant. Yeah, 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 and, and eats his soul. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah, that's that's good. That's a good movie. Yeah, oh yeah. Um, so, by the way, you can tweet in if you're listening live. That's Nooner Podcast. That's what Tyson did, and NoonerPodcast dot com. I think is the. Oops, sorry. I got to take this. Uh, you, you what? <laughs> you have been watching Squid Game, right? I was just watching it uh, in preparation for oh, this. Not uh, because, not out of out of genuine interest. No, I also promised my students that I would try and watch it, and I just got up to the red light, green light um, okay. game. I haven't finished it yet, but oh, it has nobody. I I don't mind people getting shot. I'll wait. Okay, I'm going to watch the rest of it. So, no, I, I really have a problem with decapitations and um, amputations and puncturing of the human body. It well, really like makes me want to throw up. So, I don't. Is, I'm not going to watch people, any Saw movies. How is people getting shot? Isn't that being punctured by one tiny little? Yeah, but it's not. Yeah, it's a tiny thing. It's not. It's not as. It's not quite as. Uh, it doesn't bother me as much. It's it might it's, be dis- desensitized. It's a pretty graphic movie. I mean, a series. Yeah. And it's the most popular Netflix series in the history of Netflix. Have you? Did you? It is. Yeah, it's number one in over ninety countries. Have you? Uh, have you watched it? I'm. I'm in. I'm. I'm gonna do episode seven tonight out of nine. Seven. Yeah. I don't. Maybe we might. We might start watching it. But it's super bleak, and it is incredible. The main. Bleak. The main guy is so. Uh, such a sad sack that it's it's hard it's it's uh it's and that's something that they that's a balance that they're trying to to get is make him like make him you want to cheer him on you want to get behind him but also he's a sad sack so that's a really really tough balance to do and i think that the actor who's playing the lead is doing an incredible job at least in the first act because he I mean, I really don't want to like him, right? But I, but I do anyway, and right. that is that's really amazing. That's right. that's sort of charisma. That's that's like you can't. I don't even know how you would you do that. Well, it's funny, you know, because he is famous for being a a model, you know, a, a model. Yeah, isn't that funny? And then you see him in in other photos, and you're like, oh, oh, he's rather, <laughs> he's rather dashing. Really? Yeah. That's that's really unbelievable. I know it is because he looks like you just look at him. You're like, that is like they just pulled the saddest guy off the street that they found. Yeah. You know, and like, yeah, just put him. He looks he looks like a guy whose brother would be good looking, but he just didn't (laughs) quite get all the. Yeah. No, but it it has turned into this amazing sensation. And if you have opinions about it, just let us know. I, I, I think one thing that. And I, I wish you'd seen a little bit more. I'm not going to spoil it for anybody who's you watching. You can spoke. Well, you can spoil it for me. Uh, but it, I think it taps into 
for for one thing, um, debt is a big deal in modern society. There, there's we're in this. What is late stage capitalism, John? How is that defined? Oh, I don't know. Maybe right now. All right. Yeah. I so, would. I would. I would think that it's. Uh, it. You know. I, I'm. 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 I'll make this up. I'm going to make it up. Right. So let me explain late stage capitalism yeah? to you. Uh-huh. Okay. So late stage capitalism, uh-huh. Marty, is when you get to a point where some people have so a certain group of people have so much money that they actually are bigger than countries, and they are con- can they control. So capitalism is based on certain laws. I didn't realize this until very recently studying the guy. The, the reason that monopoly was invented was to explicate the ideas of a of an economist whose last name was George and first name I don't know, but he he pointed out that monopoly um, capitalism is based on laws. Laws like when you own something, you keep it. You can own land. You can own owning land is a is a law, right? Yes. Like you know, five hundred years ago, the only person who owned land was the king, but now we have we have private property and we have laws that protect people's owning little pieces of co- companies and stuff. So that, so once you get to a point where um, the, the richest people or the richest companies are actually beyond the law, you know, like for instance, uh, I, I can't think of the example, but recently it was like, Oh, uh, you, you have a problem if, uh, uh, you know, like, like uh, people like Netflix, not Netflix, but uh, Amazon, and um, Google and Facebook, if they come into conflict with the law in the EU or the United States, sometimes they just go, oh, there's a fine. Oh, and it's what, $50 million? Yeah, we're just not going to change our behavior. We'll just pay the fine. Yep. Because, or they'll just like pay enough money to change the laws so that they, and, and they, they have enough money to say, oh, yeah, you're, you're mad at me, uh, at my company. Oh, we're just going to move to Liberia and or, that you know, whatever is this definition of late stage capitalism. Thank you, yep. John. Yep. So and you can if you're taking a class in economics, put that on the test because yep. I'm sure it's right. As Professor Sylvain says in a podcast. <laughs> but a- anyhow, uh, I think that this really captures the, the desperation, the, the struggle that many of us feel in this in um, in this time, and I was reading that over four hundred thousand people in in South Korea they are indebted to not just to banks, but they have taken out loans. They have outstanding loans to loan sharks. Mm-hmm. So that is an ongoing issue where you know they will take loans from the bank, take a second loan from the bank, and when they can't pay that off, then they go to a loan shark, you know, and then then you're paying crazy interest and and then you're looking for a way out and you're like, all right, I'll play I'll play Squid Game. And mm-hmm. and so I think that that part of it and also the fact that it's a sort of a conspiracy <coughs> movie because it's a secret game that's being played, being run by VIPs that we don't see and uh, all these people in masks. It feeds into this conspiracy thing that is pervasive in in media right now. Mm -hmm. And then it's also a great story. Like there are so many interweaving stories that are really, really well written, very intricate, great relationships and really good, uh, tons of very tense action in it. 
and it's also very well directed. The the guy who wrote it also directed it. He um, he went to the same film school as your wife, and mm. uh, and he's a very good director, and it's visually stunning. It like the design is incredible. Yeah, and, and it just it's part Dr. Seuss and and uh, M. C. Escher in parts, and then also just the the color scheme is really um, deliberate and and just striking so i'm i'm a huge fan of it i i hope it it pays off in the end but it just gets so tense and and really violent but uh also just great great storytelling so i'm i'm super excited about it and it it is also i think that there are some themes in it that are sort of tangentially related to what was in parasite and i think it captures the the sort of class distinctions that w- were explored in Parasite here. Okay, but so but here's the thing: it's such an old like playing games that where people get killed. You know, it's the the, the deadliest game: Hunger Games, Hunger Games, yeah, um, Battle, Royale, Battle Royale, The Running Man. Yep, yep. I mean, there's just and the question is: Are there any examples of that where it didn't? work uh financially for the people who made the movie or the whatever i i wrote a i wrote a trilogy and and i i haven't made any money from it but thank you john thank you for bringing that up again thank you for not reading it even though i gave you a bound copy uh bound copy yes oh that's yeah it's underneath my fridge well at least it's can i have another copy I can't. I can't get to it. It's. It's. You know how it gets really gross under there. there? And and wobbly if it's not if you take it away. Yeah. Exactly. Yes, I'll get you another one. But I can. Uh, yeah. What was it called? It was called something like um, the game where you get killed. I mean, maybe you could come up with a better title. Uh, don't kill me. I, I. I'm playing the game. No. Don't play. Don't kill me just because I'm poor. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, sure. Like we've seen this. It's a, not an uncommon story, but this one I think is particularly engaging. Uh, there's another one that I also really liked called Alice in Borderland. And yeah, that was the other one. Yeah, that's is that Japanese? That is Japanese, Japanese, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's very astute of you. It must be all that Japanese culture that you're immersed in. I don't, I don't, I don't understand what you're saying. I feel like you're being racist toward me somehow. I am. Um, No, I'm just saying that you know, you you are you are part. You live in a partially Japanese household. I'm the only white person in my household. That's correct. I'm the only white man in my house. I'm a minority. Oh, you poor, poor man. I feel so bad for myself. I, I, my heart bleeds for you. My heart, my Asian heart bleeds for you. Uh, can yeah. I read? Can I read this actual definition of late stage capitalism? Yes, please. It's a term first used in print by German economist Werner Schombach around the turn of the 20th century, which is uh, just recently, or it was just recently, uh, about 20 years ago. In recent years, the term has been used in the United States and Canada to refer to perceived absurdities, contradictions, crises, injustices and inequality created by modern business development. So it's, it's broader than I thought, but it's, uh, yeah. But basically what you said. 
Oh wait, he the the late capitalism was it was published actually in 1902. Hmm. So it wasn't like 20 years ago. It's 120 years ago. Yeah, but that was so that's like right around right before a couple decades before the depression. So yeah. So they predicted that, I suppose, in a, in a way. Um, so yeah, I I highly recommend people watch it. It's I know it's been so overhyped and but, you know, it's just it's just a very engaging show. And it's nice to, to have something that grips me and, and makes me stay up till 1130, which is late for me. It, it's odd that it's so popular around the world, though. I, I was talking to a friend of mine and I was, t- I was my, my pitch to my students uh, uh, when I'm showing them Star Wars, which I, I I'm doing this week. Star Wars A New Hope, is that the reason Star Wars became the biggest movie ever in 1977 is that the United States was coming out of a period of um, uh, suddenly being slapped with uh, vulnerability and, and uh, ambiguity. We, we'd lost the Vietnam War. Richard Nixon had, had and, and uh, resigned. Had bleak movies at that time, too. All the movies were very like, bleak. There was, you know, Godfather. Uh, all the President's Men came out the year before. Bad News Bears, um, they lose, you know? Yeah. Oh, spoiler alert, by the way. Thanks a lot, Marty. Okay. Whatever. <clears throat> so, and, you know, uh, and so along comes this, this really simple tale of good and evil that's just all action. The good guys wear white. The bad guy wear, wears black. And, uh, you know, the, all the bad guys get blown up in the end except for one, you know, and it's like, uh, so, and I was like, well, that's what we eat now. And he pointed out we, we, that's one of the reasons why Ted Lasso is such a huge, gigantic um, hit. But, but that's, that's sort of the outlier. There's, we're, not, we're not getting a bunch of like happy stories to, to um, keep us uh, distracted from distracted. The, the shit show that is the world. I, yeah, I think that we, we have both right Even now. on this, this show is getting depressing. I know. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Last week, we didn't even make one joke after I got my audio figured out. That was pretty funny, I'm sure. Oh, I, I don't know. I don't know if it was. It was so, I thought it was funny, but I couldn't, you know, maybe people couldn't hear it. Nobody could hear you laugh and you couldn't hear them. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, we're like we're there is definitely a demand for not fluff, but you know, whatever fluffy stuff like Ted Lasso and and Star Wars. But there's also stuff there's I think the times merit like something like um there's a, an escapist element to squid game where where we we can identify with the characters and we think about what we would do in that situation and uh, yeah yeah i not get in that situation is the first thing yeah 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 it it's it gets it's very uh there's there are a couple things that happen in the first couple episodes that make you really check like really um sign up for it you know so um but yeah we'll see how it ends i'll probably be really disappointed they all uh well i hope so yeah because that would i hope you get what you want (laughs) that would be the perfect um cap to if it's truly going to parallel these times it has to end in disappointment hey did you watch the the leftovers no i've been meaning to 
I didn't, I didn't, I was just referenced as in, in the context of Lost as like another mystery that ended and wasn't, and they were talking about why The Last Man, why the, the show, why The Last Man. Yeah, it was Brian on Kavon. Pop culture, happy hour. And, um, and talking about how there's a little bit of a question about why all the men died or why everybody, the white chromosome died. I mean, it sounds, it sounds like this show, everything I've heard about this show, Jonathan Goldstein said he's, I, he watched it and he, and he was left with the question, why, why, why? I mean, it was a very popular comic book, what, like 15 yeah. years ago, 10 years 15 ago? 15 years ago, yeah. And, and it's a great premise. Like, hey, I'm the last, like, if you're from a comic book reader's point of view, from the teenage boy in me, I'd be like, hey, I'm the last guy in, amongst all these women in a post-apocalyptic world. That sounds like a fun starting point. Yeah. But I don't, I haven't seen the show. I have a friend who writes on it and, um, but I haven't seen it yet, but I, I should. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. You should. Yeah. You should. Hey, uh, your, your sister just directed something. Oh yeah. I've been watching the morning show. Oh, so you you're on this is on Apple TV. I don't have Apple TV. Should I get it just for my sister? You should get it for Ted Lasso. Oh, okay. I'll get it for Ted Lasso. The morning show is uh it's just so many charismatic uh people, actors doing really good work that you kind of it the fact that the, the scripts are <clears throat> meh. But how's the direction? Well, the direction was really good. Uh, it was very obvious watching this last episode that the director was very was very well prepared. My sister's in the room with me right now, so I'm. She's she looks pleased. I could tell. I could she, tell by the performances that everybody had um, done everything efficiently, and they had all gone to lunch at the right time. Um, and it was, it looked just like the other episodes. So I've just like, she did a good job of directing. Is that all that. a director does then? Just make sure everyone gets fed on time and make sure everything looks like the previous no, episode? No, no. I just have heard, I've heard from other people and from you, but from other people that um, your sister is like the most prepared director they've ever worked with um, on television. And I'm also commenting on the fact that when you're directing television, you are constrained to the style that's been established by the who is i think in this case mimi letter oh wow From the, uh, 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 the the uh, the morning show is not like doesn't you know have all kinds of interesting direction right it just it's just, just and, like and there's the a speaker. ton of this is the thing there's a ton of um scenes where people are just talking at each other um and and it's it's very weird well, they should be walking and talking. Isn't that what TV is all about? No. This, in this case, they're always sitting in really nice apartments in Manhattan, and they're oh. talking. Well, shot in L.A., I think. Well, okay. There you go. Sorry, everybody. I spoiled spoiled the magic. Uh, well, she, um, she was directing a show in London. Uh-huh. Yeah, so that sounds kind of cool. Mm -hmm. It was um, it's a big spy thing for Amazon that the Russo brothers are producing. So that's cool. Is that a movie? No, it's a TV series. It's are there, there going to be any movies anymore? Are people just going to not make movies? I think she's she might be doing a movie next year, but I can't talk about it. OK, no, but I mean, just in general. 
Yeah, yeah. She's the. There's going to be one. One movie, movie next year. Next year, and it, my sister might direct it. Excellent. Well, that's good because I think all from now on it's just going to be TV shows. Um. Yeah. Or TikTok videos. It's either. I'm, I'm Either one minute with, long or thirteen hours long. That's, there's no the, more anything in between. Do you watch TikTok at all? Do you tick or talk? Uh, no, nope. Oh. No, I mean I've seen a couple. I, I get um, it. It's very addictive. It's it's a great way to pass the time and for in these short attention really? time. Yeah, in these short attention time era, in this era of, it's yeah, it's great. I mean it. There's some people who are super creative, and it's impressive what people can do. Okay. Alrighty. Yeah, but I. I, I okay. Wait. Why? Why do you? Why do you say that? I don't know. I don't know. It just I mean, honestly. Uh, <laughs> first of all, I I don't really need another distraction in my life. Well, that's, uh, that's from, a different from thing the stuff then. that I'm doing. Yeah. But but also the. Um, my experience of watching TikTok, or I guess I haven't watched very much TikTok, but the ones that I've seen have been actually in different places like YouTube. But every time I watch a YouTube video or a TikTok thing, it always makes me go, why aren't I doing that? And of course, I do do that. I do lots of different things. But it's always, it's it, it, the stuff that's really clever and is, you know, it just makes me want to stop watching and start doing yeah, well, that's great. Yeah, are, are you doing? Oh yeah, yeah. Of course. I mean, I'm doing. You know, I'm making. I make stuff all the time. All right. What was the last? So, thing, what was the last thing you made? I just finished a pilot for uh, a series that uh, I'm really excited about, but I'm not going to talk about. All right. That's, Isn't that great? That's, that's a great topic. <laughs> one, I think the one thing that's very satisfying about something like TikTok or, or YouTube is that you don't need to go through that that bureaucratic process of yeah. having somebody approve your stuff and, and sign off on it and you can just right. make it and you get people like doing very silly things like someone like Gus Johnson. I don't know if you've watched him, but he's very funny and he, he just, he literally just tapes together like props around his house and, and like has the worst costumes, but he's very funny and, mm -hmm. and that has He's parlayed that into a pretty successful career, but it is. I think, I think about that too. Of like, oh, I should do that, but I think the the rhythm of these um, like media personalities on TikTok and and YouTube, like that pace is really really intense, and I think there's a very high burnout rate. Yeah, and I'm too old for that shit. So. Yeah. Well, you do you do a, a two hour long podcast every every week. Yeah, but they they I yeah, and the no, but I, I mean the thing is is that we do this podcast with with very very little uh, prep. I mean, you obviously whenever we we host it, you know, we we come up with a few topics and stuff, but we don't we don't like have to re edit it and yeah. and we don't and it seems like you're right. I mean, it's when you think about like um, somebody on TikTok. Like who's the Carly? Car what's the girl's name? Who's the the big TikToker? Or and just any any of those people that do a TikTok like two or three they drop a two or three really crafted, carefully choreographed um, dances or carefully edited something, you know, three or four times a week. Yeah, 
you know, that just it, you know that and and it takes a couple a, a long time to you know and I made a game show and I'm still I'm I, I'm taking a break but I'm going to go back to it next week because I really like it and I just heard somebody uh, talking about um their oh it, it, I, I I listened to this podcast called Sleep with Me which is basically a guy telling stories that are very rambling in a very low voice. And it's just designed to let people fall asleep. And so um, I was trying to listen to it to fall asleep. And this guy was, and it was his like 1000th show. And he basically was telling the story of how he got to a point where basically it was all he was doing was making this show. Right. And it took, took about three years. And, and what, that didn't help me fall asleep. That made me go, okay. So I have to keep doing what I'm doing for like three years. Yeah. The fact that I don't have a, much of an audience right now, I do have like some people that watch it and, hmm, you know, it's just like, and that kept me up for another, you know, four hours. So, yeah, it's amazing what the, what people make. I mean, I watch, a I watch a lot of YouTube and you do, I, I do, I do just because- like, how do you, I, the thing YouTube is to me is like, way bookstores used to feel it's like i'm overwhelmed by the choice yeah yeah and yet i i subscribe to a bunch of things and like there's a guy who who just youtubes about how he got to be a successful youtuber and how much he money he makes from youtube and all the books he reads about being successful so it's all just about you, success you watch that i watched a couple just because it was something that was I mean, there's something very appealing about him, but I can't. I mean, it's just super repetitive. But yeah, I mean, I have like I'm fascinated by what people watch. So there's like somebody who like trims and pulls out infections from cows hooves in mm -hmm. and like, you know, one of his videos has like 16 million views. I'm like, that's more than like that's like really good for a TV show, you know, like mm -hmm. why, why are people tuning in? And it's the same thing every time he's like, Oh, there's some pus. Oh, yep. Got to clean that out. There, there's a rock in there. And what, what, what? he's, he's he doing? he's trimming the hooves of, of cows with infected feet. And he, and 16 million people watching that. Yeah. Isn't that, isn't that incredible? Yeah. I, so, Ugh, but gross. stuff like that is just like, like I, I'm fascinated by what people watch. Like, and so I don't find that as compelling, but I find it really, you don't, maybe what if, what if there's like three people that actually watch it because they just over they, and over they, and over and over and, again? No. Yeah. No, there's three people who are actually interested in it. And then there's 16 million other people like you who are like, why are people watching? This? Why are three people watching this? <laughs> I don't I don't know. And and honestly, I don't know why one has 16 million views and the other one has, you know, 500,000. And in order to figure out it, figure it out, you watched it a thousand over times and over and over and over. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, like there's there's something for everyone. And just when you think nobody's going to watch that, you're like, oh, my God, six million people watch this. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I just I just don't. I, I, Yogi watches a lot of YouTube. Oh, never mind. What? Your neighbor Yogi? Epic. Epic. I'm sorry. Take that back. Oh, sorry. Not, not your neighbor out. Yogi. 
a certain person that I know who's young watches uh, that watches that particular channel, and he watches it with the, this. He always watches everything at double speed. Oh wow! And That's I don't understand. You don't got and, time. Exactly. I'm like. Uh, yeah, there's a an, an channel that does they break down special effects uh, and and yeah, quarter there's a crew. bunch of those. Yeah, th- there's a bunch of really good ones. Quarter Crew is one that's local and and it was really cool. Like in the past two weeks, like Seth Rogen came by and he's like, I really like the show and I wanted to go over my movies with you guys. And so they go mm. over his movies and like, wow, I mean, this is like this is mainstream stuff, you know? Yeah. Like yeah. More people are watching quarter crew then i'm guessing watch the morning show you know do you well do you know how many hours of uh or how many how much uh youtube gets uh uploaded every year six six no i'm pretty sure i'm six at least six it's actually twenty thousand years worth of video uh-huh. gets uploaded to youtube every year and if you stick with it for three years, you can put people to sleep professionally. If if you if you, but if you watch it at double time, it's only ten thousand years, and that oh. seems doable. Yeah, it's that's not much. It's not much. No, I could do that. Yeah. I could, I could watch all of YouTube in a year. Uh, there was the Dave Chappelle stand-up special that's not on YouTube. It's on Netflix. It's called The yeah. Closer. Yep. Are you familiar with the Closer? It? No. Oh. No, I was just looking that up in order to have a conversation about it because you mentioned we might talk about it. So I just looked at it. I, I haven't seen that one. I've. Do you not know how this show works? What show works? Oh, my God. Which one? The just, one that you are? Yeah. Uh, this one? Yeah, yeah. Just, just go with it. Just, just go with the fact. Just pretend I saw it? Well, no, you can just say, well, I've read about it. and. Oh, okay. I shouldn't, I shouldn't mention the backstory of why I read about it? Yeah. What are you saying? What are you critiquing about my performance here? It it takes the mystique out of like because the mystique. Yeah, because the idea is that we don't prepare for the show at all. And if I if I say if you say like oh yeah well you told me that we might talk about it well then people know that I actually prepared five minutes. Oh shit! So thanks for pulling the curtain. Pulling the curtain. You you are Toto. Mm -hmm. Your nickname is Toto for the rest of the show. Great. Just don't pay attention to the man. What is, so you want to go for mystique. Is that what it is? Should I, should I have a foreign accent from her? I will talk a lot with the strange foreign accent for the rest of the All show. Right. It will be very mysterious. All right, Dad. Mysterious. So this David Chappelle, he's an excellent example of American late-stage capitalism at work. Did you read about the controversy? Like, Yes, I read about the controversy of The Closer by Dave Chappelle, which came out two years ago. It did? Yeah. Or was it recorded two years ago? But it came out... No, no it came out two years ago. Not on Netflix. That's what it said on the thing that I read uh, in order to get this <laughs> conversation. Because I told you to. Uh, I don't know. Oh wait, let me see. Uh, Just no, it doesn't matter. Like when it came out, it says Dave Chappelle's oh. new Netflix special, The Closer, okay. uses comedy to veil bigotry. 
Oh, oh the, 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 in, in, in 2019, he did Sticks and Stones. Oh, well, that's, that's really relevant when we're talking about The Closer. You know, you don't really have to be that mean. You don't. You could just, you could just, I mean, I'm, I'm from another country, so I don't understand no, your you, ways. You just have mystique, that's all. I have a mystique from uh, another country, and I have a strange accent, so I do not understand how you do things in this country. You're having tiny, tiny strokes as you're speaking. <laughs> I come from a land of tiny, tiny strokes. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, so if you're not familiar with it, Dave Chappelle basically said that um, that the LGBTQ community have they've had a, a better go of it than than uh, the African American community. He mm -hmm. says, uh, in our country, you can shoot an N-word, uh, but you better not hurt a gay person's feelings. And then he started uh, saying some things about um, trans people and was not very sensitive about it. And basically saying that, um, I forget the exact quote, but basically like, you know, you're, you're just, you know, uh, the, the science is the science and, you know, like you're you're uh, i don't care if you're trans you know you're if you're born a man you're you're a man you know so uh just just to be clear you saw the special and you're quoting from it verbatim no, and you know I, all I, about actually, I, no? I said very specifically that i don't have the exact words in front of me but it was something I to see. the effect but did you see it no no and because i i don't want to support this but the question. Okay. Okay. So then he ends up. So you want to wait now? Wait, you want to ask me a question? No, no, no. I want you to shut the fuck up. So <laughs> okay. it ends with a story where he talks about a transgender comic, Daphne Dorman, who he uh, sort of mentored and who opened for him at, at a club, uh, uh, a club show in San Francisco, mm -hmm. and um, basically he was. That was his way of saying some of my best friends are trans, and um, Daphne Dorman committed suicide later that year. Um, but the what year? Twenty nineteen. And oh. so the question is, like, so basically, because he had told these very uh, controversial jokes that um, that targeted, and some say, punching down on the trans community. Mm -hmm. uh, he deserves to get canceled. They they were saying their calls to have the, the special pulled. Uh, there were three employees at Netflix, one of them whom is trans, who um, burst in on a meeting at, of upper management and demanded that they take down the show. And those three um, those three employees were suspended. So and Ted Sarandos, who who's the head of I guess, of uh, Netflix. Um, there's Reed Hastings and then Ted Sarandos. He handles all the content. Um, he said, like, we're keeping it. You know, we're not going to pull it. And mm -hmm. uh, so well, I'm wondering what your feeling is about it. Like, base the Internet is divided. Some people want it pulled, but more people are in support of Dave Chappelle. So is this a, a, a case where we should... And he has a history of saying anti-trans jokes in the past. That's history. That's redundant. My apologies. 
Right. Mm -hmm. And so now, based on what you're telling me and the article I just read, you want me to comment on this hot button issue. I I just want to be clear on on what my my mission is. uh, Well, I gave you all of an hour to prepare for this. So <laughs> we weren't supposed to talk about that. Um, yes. <laughs> Wait a minute. I'm okay. really confused. You know, now. now I've got to do. What am I supposed to do? Now I've got to do post-production on the show. Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. This show is going off the rails. So for those of you who don't know, I am a straight white man in my 50s. Oh, my God. So uh, based on everything that I've uh, heard and read over the past, like, five years, I do not really have the right to have an opinion on anything. And I, you I'm good like, with that. Now you sound like Dave Chappelle. Uh. <laughs> oh, thank you. I think, so here's the thing. I did not see this special. I think Dave Chappelle pushes envelopes, and usually everything I've seen that Dave Chappelle has done has been fucking brilliant. Okay? Yeah. That's on one side. On the other side, I I mean, fuck, trans, it's hard enough. It's hard enough being just a straight person. Like, if you're going to be a, if you're not comfortable with your own gender and you want to make changes, right? And, or, or the gender you were born with and you want to make changes, that's, that's, you're going through a lot of shit. And you, and, and bullies are assholes. I don't like people. People should not punch down. They right. shouldn't. Right. So but that's the other side. Right. Now, then there's this other side that's called the right to, to free speech, and people have the and that includes being able to say things that upset people. That's on the other, and then the other side is like when you upset people, you they're upset, and and maybe they shouldn't be forced to have to deal with things that upset them. But then on the other side, if you if it upsets you, don't watch it. Yeah, that, and think, it, on the yeah. other side, some people. I mean, there are people who can claim to be upset by the fact that there's that their people are gay, that it upsets them that there are people that are trans, that that creeps them out. And then the other side, there are people who are perfectly happy to. I don't know. You know. Yeah, I I think it brings up. And this is, I think, why he is in the zeitgeist so so much is these are all everything you said is encapsulates this whole um, brouhaha, you know, it, it, it is a very complicated nice issue. Word. Nice use of brouhaha. Yeah, I couldn't, you know, I couldn't come up with the word controversy again, or I couldn't think of a synonym. So, <laughs> and, brouhaha. And, but I, I think you, you pretty much captured it. You, you got both sides of the issue, and I think that that's the discussion we're having. There are people who are trans and gay, or for instance, Daphne Dorman's family, the, the comic, the trans comic who, who killed herself, uh, their their family came out in support of Dave Chappelle and Andrew Sullivan, a, a very outspoken gay pundit, came out in support of Dave Chappelle. And then you've got people on the other side saying he needs to be canceled or or it needs to be pulled. I think it's you know what I think have let's have the discussion. And I think we're at a critical point when uh, when we can hash out these issues and, and work them out and discuss them, discuss our our like our uncertainty about how to approach these issues. I don't have uh, many trans people in my life and I like that that is a something a part of my social life that I'm I don't 
I'm not super comfortable in navigating. So I would. Well, I but in your defense, Marty, you don't have a lot of straight people and you don't have a lot of people. In your, in your I have social. three dogs, though. <laughs> and they're all sexless because they have they're, no gonads. They uh, have no. And you think that that means that they don't. You think it's never mind. Yeah. So <laughs> well played. <laughs> oh, man. Sick burn. <laughs> but no, I, I, I think that these are discussions worth having. I was listening to the Dan Savage podcast this morning, and he played the first two minutes from Eddie Murphy's Delirious from 1983 or whenever it was. And it's shocking how homophobic it is. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. he just says, you know, um, I don't want no F word looking at my ass while I'm on mm-hmm. stage and just goes mm-hmm. off and just keeps on talking about it, this stuff. And like people are laughing and in, I, he's but he, he, he didn't mean that because he wore those those red leather pants made me reconsider a lot of things. What you know, when I saw that. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Eddie Murphy. All right. But like he's he, he is uh, has is very contrite about those jokes now, but I I know that people will watch watch that show and probably find it hilarious, you know. Well, uh, so first of all, let me just say that it's my opinion that people um, what people do with their um, with their own self is their own business, right? right. And I and I know that. Um, and, and and I want to support that as much as possible. And and I'm I'm becoming more and more aware of how, um, you know, painful it is to to be marginalized. And I want to support uh, people who are being marginalized and bullied and 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 haven't felt safe. I I want the, them to be supported. Um, but there is uh, what you just said was let's have a conversation. And if if everybody who says something that hurts somebody's feelings is taken off the air then we're not going to have any discussion exactly exactly so yeah that much so I, I not knowing but at the same time i don't know what exactly what dave Chappelle said because i haven't seen the thing right right but, but uh, based on everything he else he's, he's done um i'm sure that if, if you take whatever he said you can take almost everything he's ever said out of context right and it's insanely offensive and then yeah. You look back at the entire story or joke or skit that he created, and you're like, oh, no, that is so the opposite of what he said. Right, right. In many cases, very subversive and also very, very, very uh, specific um, social commentary that is smart on so many levels. Not, I mean, Dave Chappelle is not Eddie Murphy's delirious. Eddie Murphy was that was not well, very uh, insightful, no, not very sophisticated commentary. Yeah. It's but, funny as fuck, but but also Eddie Murphy evolved and he learned from became that. less funny. He became no less <laughs> less homophobic, and uh, I don't know about funny or or not. I I don't know from funny, but Dave Chappelle can like I don't know if he would have. Knowing, a, knowing, knowing that is half the battle, Marty. I'm yeah. so glad that you're able and, to admit to yourself that you don't okay, know funny. I'm, That's good. I don't know when to shut the fuck up. Uh, but I, who knows if Dave Chappelle would have had a trans comedian open for him 10 years ago, you know, but he did it two years ago. So mm-hmm. maybe mm-hmm. he evolved as well. And maybe 
we as a society can evolve. I think that if I think you, we're definitely evolving. Well, I, I think when you shut people down, John, no, when you shut people down, <laughs> just because you feel offended, like that, you don't have the right not to be offended. And then that, that I'm not saying anything new. That's that's something I've heard many many times. You don't. You have don't have the right not to be offended. Yeah. What did you say? You don't have the right to not be offended. Like you, to be protected from offensiveness. To to be. Oh. You have you don't have the right to be protected from being offended. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And because otherwise, like, you know, everybody's offended by every everything. Like you said, you know, the pearl clutchers who see like um whatever, like a, a skirt going too high and um whatever it is, like you're going to uh, offend somebody. There's from religion to sex stuff to to comedy to um whatever gory korean tv shows like that that doesn't mean you get to shut things down you, you should and and that's what i think a lot of comedians and and just people in general old people think about um, universities like the culture in universities is wh where professors get shut down for saying something that is controversial mm -hmm. and it gets, right. it gets t uh, it gets hung out as something that is hate speech. Being controversial yeah. is not hate speech. And, and that's what one thing that I really liked about The Chair, that another Netflix show. I'm not just pimping out Netflix stuff, but... Um, yes, you are. I am. I am. You're not on purpose. Not just, on purpose. So just naturally kind of happens. Yes. My wife is also here <laughs> with my sister, and, and she's agreeing with me heartily. She's prodding you with yes. a stick. Yes. Um, but it... T tackles that topic really intelligently and uh, mm -hmm. and yeah i was very impressed by that but yeah yeah that's a that's a pretty fun show yeah yeah um so i was in chicago last week that's where i was oh awesome how was that uh it's a group it's my kind of town yeah it really is yeah it's, it's the town that uh billy sunday could not shut down yeah yeah they do things <laughs> okay never mind um, I saw, I had the time, the time of my life. I saw a man, he danced with his wife. Yeah, that was great. I saw a dead pigeon on the ground and a Did dead he... rat on the ground. Mm. And um, I almost saw a race riot break out on the L. And Did you? Did oh, you really? Yeah. Oh, my, yeah. Like, yeah. So it's a, it's a, but it's still a, a great city, good people and uh, it's very fun my good friend adam gross who is one of the funniest people in the world who went on to get an advanced two advanced degrees at harvard business and law <clears throat> it, now uh he just was instrumental in passing civilian oversight uh for the chicago police he worked on uh -huh. it for about 10 years and it finally passed and uh if that's a huge thing because most the thing that's weird. If you didn't is that think most... legislation could be funny. You have not read Adam Gross's legislation. It's really uh, I I don't want to. Yeah, he is hilarious. Um, but the um, the the so most 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 uh, police forces in the country are completely opaque. There, you know, uh, there's no transparency. They regulate themselves, and they don't have any oversight at all. I mean, that's that's the 99 oh, percent of, uh, of of police uh, is that way. 
um, which leads to uh, siege mentality and leads to the problems that, um, I mean, it, it certainly can't not be helped to be a cause for all of this um, sort of uh, implicit racism and violence against uh, people of color um, <clears throat> that's uh, disproportionate and, and all this kind of stuff um, and using military tactics. And, so anyway, so hope that's that just happened uh, like a, a month ago. So that's very exciting. That's awesome. So what what else did you have uh, any Chicago deep dish this Sorry, I just had a little stroke. I went to Pequod's. It's a famous deep dish place. There's I've never heard of it. It's not oh. that famous. Uh, yeah, it's it's a pretty famous. Um, no, it's place. not. I've never heard of it. Oh, right. it's not famous at all. Okay, if it was famous. I would have heard of it. I I, I understand. Okay, I went to Uno. Oh, that's famous. All right. So how was Pequod? This, was, this completely unknown place that you discovered. Yeah, I, I made up. It was, uh, I, I think it was good. I just realized that I'm not a big deep dish, Chicago deep dish guy. You know, honestly, it's not, not that good an idea. No, it's just, yeah. Put ec- <laughs> more cheese, put more, like put butter in the crust. I mean, I guess on paper it sounds like, oh, it sounds delicious, but it's like, it really, especially when you, if you, if I were a teenager, I'd be like, Home, eat the whole pizza. But yeah, when you get to our age, it's just like, uh, yeah, parts of that pizza are still inside you. Yeah, yeah, just yeah, and it's been a week. Yeah, yeah, but mm-hmm. uh, had a Chicago dog. Um, the architecture there is amazing. Went uh, running along the lake every day, and yeah, it's a great place. And the weather was was beautiful. I'm sure now it's getting wicked cold, but. I I highly recommend if you've never been to Chicago, it is the the definition of a city. If like, you know, you look up uh, the the dictionary definition, like big tall buildings, big streets, you know, lots of people, like it is that more so than you know LA for sure, and and even New York. Yeah, it's it, Chicago is is absolutely my favorite city. I would say. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely, <clears throat> I spent. Uh, a couple of summers there, studying improv. Oh, you should go to. The, you should have gone to Pequods. No, it didn't exist uh, then, and I don't think it exists now. Actually, yeah. I, even though I'm looking at the uh, the entry on on Google, it claims. But I think you put it there. I think you made that yeah, this I'm, whole thing I'm up very fast. <clears throat> yeah, I know it's amazing. Yeah, but yeah, I highly recommend it. I I went by Second City, and I I thought, oh, John, grace these steps. And yeah, 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 but it it's a very small theater. It seemed like yeah, outside, yeah, but, it's not not a big place, but not a big place. It, no, it really did feel historic and cool, and seeing all those photos outside, everyone from Colbert to to Tina Fey to the original SNL lineup, it was pretty pretty cool. I did most of my stuff at Improv Olympic, and that closed. Oh, that's a bummer. Yeah, that closed down because you left. No, because Dell died, and um, and then there was a pandemic. Oh, that's and I I don't think they. I don't think I think they. I don't know. I don't know why they. I, I. I mean, UCB closed too, right? Did it? I think so. I don't know. Oh, uh, no, that's too bad. Uh, <laughs> I think in LA maybe, but anyhow, I don't know. I I'm talking on my ass, but. Oh, oh, uh, oh no, why? They, they why ca- stop now? They sold off the the sunset location, but they kept the 
They, so they had two theaters in, in L.A., and they sold one of them. Where's the other one? Um, on Franklin. Oh, on Franklin? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sunset and Franklin are, like, right next to each other. Yeah, they, they weren't far from each other. But Okay. Yep. Anyhow, uh, on how uh, what, what's going on with you with with your work with your sh- with uh, your class? What are you showing next? Uh, next week, I'm actually just going to be talking. Oh, uh, I know, and nobody's looking forward to that. But I'm going to just tell them how to do their uh, final projects and stuff. And then after that, I think uh, Hidden Figures will be next. What's um, their final project? Write a screenplay. There, they have a choice between writing a um, a treatment um, and then describing how it gets made, um, and about one third of them do that, and then two thirds of them do a close analysis of a movie from Canopy. Canopy, uh, let me do a little ad for Canopy. Canopy is a streaming service K-A-N-O-P-Y. that you can K A N O P Y. Yeah, it starts with a K, uh, and it's it's for people who have a library card or are um, at in school. So you can, and they have a lot, they have uh, all the, a, the A24, is that the name of the company? The, the distribution company that, that uh, put out uh, Ex Machina and stuff like that. And, yeah. And Puna, something, Sarah, anyway, they, they, have a, they have a lot of, uh, uh, eighth grade was on there and uh, Ex Machina um, and then a lot of uh, foreign films and in a lot of old films it's pretty it's pretty cool um so you know if you're out there and this is your only source of information in, in entertainment uh first of all i'm very sorry and second of all try canopy yeah the a24 movies are awesome they, yeah they're pretty they have really good batting average it seems like maybe you know who knows i guess they probably get those those movies from festivals so they pick the good ones yeah they're like the the new miramax um is yeah. that bad no 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 that, that that's not because we don't know who the head of a24 is so they can't be yeah, canceled yet that's true so the, they've learned and they're keeping a low profile as yeah. They, they yeah as they rape everybody yes rapey 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 and i have to just say this this is i'm gonna i, I just watched uh, star wars today and when when star, star wars a new hope came out George Lucas did not know that Luke and Leia were brother and sister. It's not. It's just not. Either that or he's a twisted fucking pervert. So I just have to say that. Yeah. So you think he made it up? Uh, he, 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 I, think, I think he was trying to figure out how to make a sequel. And he was working with uh, Kasdan. And Kasdan said, you know, Luke and Leia could be brother and sister. Do you think? And it wouldn't. It wouldn't uh, make anything, you know, that happened. So you're blaming Larry. No, I, I, I'm, I'm giving him credit for coming up with a, a good idea. Oh, oh, so you think I it don't, is a good idea? But I think it is a good idea. I think it's creepy that I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think that. Uh, I'm not even sure that. Uh, I mean, I watched it, and if if uh, if he knew that Darth Vader was actually Luke's father he, while making this movie. He certainly didn't tell um, Alec Guinness because there's little hints that Alec Guinness is sort of um, not telling him the whole truth about Darth Vader. But he, he definitely. Oh, is, oh, yeah, yeah. I, he could have pulled he could have pulled Luke back a little bit after seeing him make goo goo eyes on the Millennium Falcon. Right. Well, that's one thing. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He could have been like, hey, 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 Luke, 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 just just 
Ease up on that. Ease up but, on that. Why? But like the whole the whole scene in Obi Wan's uh, little hut where he says, "You know, your father was a, a great pilot, and he, you know, your, that's your uncle talking. He doesn't want you to go off on some damn fool idealistic crusade with uh, Obi Wan um, like your father did. And you know, your father was a good friend, and he he betrayed he betrayed and murdered your father, uh, Darth Vader, who is a, a student of mine. The way he talks about it." There's no either. It, it, it's it's like he's running a really long con on Luke Skywalker based on everything that we saw from the prequels. Right. Or he, he says, I don't ever remember owning a droid, you know, and R2-D2 and C-3PO are like a big part of the the uh, everything that happens um, in the first in the, the prequels. Right. So it just makes uh, Obi-Wan, if you watch it, you, you know, know, he's the creep. Then. Yeah, he's very creepy. He's, he's, he's just creepy. lying. He's like, oh. he's like everything he says basically to Luke yeah. is a fucking lie. Right, right. He he probably was like, oh, Luke, you don't want to touch that. Oh no, let's see what's gonna happen. Yeah, Ooh, yeah, like exactly. This. Oh, let's see how good his force is. Yeah, yeah. yeah um, it was it, it it's uh, it, it, because there's there's times when he's obviously like trying to have an effect, but everything everything he says is a lie. And every everything it's it, it it's not like I don't I don't quite remember ever I don't recall ever having a droid. I mean, I went around with these guys for uh, twelve years with your father who turned into Darth Vader, uh, but I don't really remember them. I mean, it's everything he says to to Luke is a lie. Uh, well, to his credit, Alec Guinness Alec Guinness did not want to be part of that movie. So, what do you mean? Uh, well, I heard that he didn't. He thought it was kind of silly. <laughs> he was right. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> By the way, I, 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 um, so like he maybe he was fucking with Lucas. He's like, no, I got this. I got this, George. I'm, I'm Alec Guinness. I know how to act. And then he was like, I'm gonna creep out. Um. So, well, it's not. It's only creepy if you know if you because I, I, I don't believe that Alec Guinness got any direction that told him that basically everything you're saying right now is a lie because there were times when it's really clear that he's like trying to, to, uh, to put one over on Luke. Um, well, anyway, this is all just I totally see. inside baseball, but um, yeah, I do want to say that canopy if for the month of October, like you said, it's free. If you, if you use your library card, uh, and there are no ads, right? There are no ads. No, it's just, just yeah, it's a, like a movie streaming service. Yeah, there, and also TV shows too. There are the best. Um, there's a great selection of horror films. If you're into horror films for Halloween, you've got the original Ringu, which you know was spawned the Ring. Mm-hmm. Um, Audition, which is one of the most shocking and terrifying movies I've seen. Um, yeah. yeah, and uh, Suspiria, Dario Argento. It's a great film. Um, Night of the Living Dead, When a Stranger Calls with Carol Kane from, you know, from Young Frankenstein, right? Isn't she Young Frankenstein? Um, oh, that's Bernadette Peters. Um, uh, okay, well, she was in which? She's in Princess Bride. Yeah, I thought she was in a Mel Brooks movie, but I guess I'm wrong. Oh, I'm sure she, uh, don't, she, she might. She's, I, I just, I don't know if she's in Young Frankenstein, but I think we'll that we'll never what find about is, out if. Um, no, there's no way of finding out. And uh, Don't Look Now with Julie Christie and Donald Sutherland, one of the scariest movies I've ever seen. Uh, it's a very slow movie, so it, it, there's not a lot of action in it, but it is a creepy-as-fuck movie. 
Mm. And then you've got some modern ones like VHS, which is pretty fun. Uh, Night of the Comet from 1985 or six, which is great. Is Hereditary still on there? It was it was on there last year. Uh, let's see. I I'm not seeing it. Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Oh this yeah, is great. That's a... Basket Case. That's another just ridiculous but really kind of fun uh, horror movie from the 80s. Like this is oh and Hereditary like which is a great. I saw The Devil, a great Korean like uh, thriller. Um, Triangle, a pretty creepy mindfuck of a movie. This is a great selection. If I highly recommend, if you like horror films, go on Canopy. I don't have any um, any money in this, any stake in this, but it. I mean, it doesn't cost you anything, so uh, you, sh- you all should do it. Um, wow, I'm I'm gonna do it. I'll, yeah, I'll no, it's really good. Again, and then you know, if you don't like horror movies like me. Moonlight's on there. What we do in the shadows, which I guess is a horror film. Aha. Aha. Lady Bird, Memento, um, you know, Eighth Grade. If you haven't seen yeah, Eighth, eighth grade, grade, is totally a horror film grade. as well. Eighth, eighth Grade is a horror film? Yeah. Like, yeah, oh, yeah. It's, it totally is. It's pretty horrific. I, like, it's which, horrific. Yeah. Uh, it, in real life and in the movie, it's yes. very horrific. Um, Chinatown's on there. I got to yeah. put that on my okay. list. We're, we're talking, we're talking, um, we're talking Halloween movies. So, no, you were talking Halloween movies, and I'm adding to it. With yes, with, and with non motherfucker with non Halloween movies. Yes, exactly. I'm adding Halloween. You mentioned Halloween. I don't like scary movies. I'm a wuss. Right. I'm scared. I just wanted to get that on on tape. Which part that I'm a wuss? Yep. Oh, jeez. Like, that's hard. I'm a total wuss. I'm a wussy, wussy, wuss. We're going to dip into the mail sack. What? Mail sack, mail sack. I want to get my hands in that mail sack. Yeah, that was great. That was great. That was pretty good. I forgot who recorded that. That's weird. Um, really? Yeah, they, I mean, I heard me on my voice on that i just didn't wasn't sure if there's anyone else on that um okay so we have an email from zach stewart Mm. hi zach Uh, yes zach from pittsburgh how yin's doing whatever happened to queer did it die love you zach from pittsburgh great question let's let's find out john what happened to queer Oh, queer. Well, it, it was uh, replaced uh, by uh, I don't know what queer is. I know you don't. Okay. Uh, queer is a, a a friend of Cassandra's who was a frequent visitor on at the show. Claire. No. Queer. 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 Oh. Oh. So. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Steve Owen says, I like that Stephen brought, bought sneaks to hold and resell. I did that with some Junko products about two years ago. Some items uh, from the never released. Oh, shoot. Hold on. Ah. My, are you there? Oh, man. Oh, my, my computer just crashed. Uh, so... Um, we'll get that back up in just a second and we'll get John back on the line. Uh, that is 
a bummer. This is what happens when you use a computer that you built. Uh, normally I use my work computer, but I am no longer at that uh, job. So I'm not, I'm not out of work, just to be clear. And I'm starting a new job tomorrow. And I have a new computer for that. So hopefully it won't uh, die. And okay, let's see here. Uh, launch meeting. And okay, sorry about that, people. Do do. Oh, join with video. And I experienced a computer crash. Oh, sorry, sorry, John. I experienced yeah. a comu computer crash. Oh, you did. I did. It was uh, so sad. Are you okay? Um, you look larger. Did you move your camera? And <laughs> oh, Leon's no, getting back. larger. Um, so he says, uh, let's see, um, this is Steve Owens who says, uh, I bought some Junko products about two years ago, some items from the never released Kevin Smith Junko line. We'll see how it goes. You don't collect things, right? We talked about that. Right? Uh, no, no I, I can't. I don't know if I told you this, but when I went to England, I saw a coin in an antique shop that was... From it was twenty five hundred years old. It was it was uh, had Alexander the Great on it, a little silver coin, and it would it cost one hundred and seventy pounds. And if I had any faith in myself to be able to keep that, then I would have bought it. But I know that I would have put it somewhere and forgotten about it. So that's why I don't. How I much don't was it? Things. How much was it? It was a coin. It was it was worth it was one hundred and seventy pounds to oh. buy it. Oh, wow. I mean, and it would, it would, you know, it, it, to have something that's that old um, is totally, I mean, if I bought it for $170, I would worry about that 170 or it would, you know, be about $200 or uh, $230, something like that. It's expensive, but Jesus Christ, how cool is that? Like this coin is 2,500 years old. That is so awesome. I totally would have bought it. It's right next to some other stuff like Neolithic uh, hand axes. <laughs> Which cost about the same, but just look like rocks. Well, you can cause some damage with those, though. You can protect yourself. Yeah, if things get bad. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> Who needs a gun? I've got a Neolithic hand axe. Steve Owens writes in again, talking about um, his traffic ticket that he recently fought because he what was, he fought a traffic ticket for the fine was twenty five hundred dollars and he was innocent. And he fought it and won. He said, I had more time than money and was also wrongly accused. That's why I fought it. Wrongly accused of what? $2,500. What did you run over people? Yeah. Uh, what, what happened? Basically, I was given a ticket for going around a roadblock um, barrier in a low water crossing area. You know, as one does. I don't even understand what that is. Is that, that something is. you have in Texas? Yeah. A low water crossing area? Yeah. You know, a low water crossing area. Is that where you have to cross a creek? Mm-hmm. That is correct. That is correct. Cr uh, so, and, and he went around the roadblock? Uh, yeah. Yeah. And I wonder. But he didn't I, really? $2,500 for, for going I, into a creek? Do you want to hear it or not? I, I'm, I'm, I just wasn't sure if you were telling us. I want, I'm just outraged. I don't want to hear it. I want to be outraged. No. I, 
I'm an American. I don't want to hear the facts. Yeah. I just want to be outraged. Mission accomplished. I won because I paid attention to the officer while waiting for our turn at trial. He mentioned to another officer how tired he will, it always is because he works two jobs and never gets any sleep. Um, all right. I don't know how that helped you. Uh, yeah, well... Oh, the two of them supposedly... Great story, Steve. Thanks. No, he said the two of them wrote something like 97 tickets in an hour for that specific supposed violation. I'm neat and I love you all, except John. That I'm reading what? verbatim. Because Why? Of, because of those, the snide comments you keep making. When? Just now? Yeah. He, he already heard them in the future? Yeah. That's amazing. It's, that's Steve Owens. He's incredible. Did you guys uh, celebrate the 300 episodes last week? Of what? Of Nooner. Oh, no, we totally forgot. Oh, really? Yeah. Chris Miller didn't. He said, holy crap, Murps, 300 episodes and like 12 good ones. Uh, (laughs) 11 different cast members, four versions of the show, and still no more professional, just how we love it. Uh, Never thought this show would end up meaning so much to me. So this is episode 301. When it first came on, while I desperately reached for the skip button from underneath furniture I was building, the show gave me a space to feel less crazy, jokes to cure what ailed me, a seat to host my first show, and one of my uh, very best friends, Peter W.G., love you, brother of mine. Cougar never fails to make me laugh, and making him laugh was a, a highlight. Cassandra always brings it from one millennial to, to, the other, to another. Keep taking care of the elderly hosts, please. John is a random gift that keeps giving. Um, what? Yeah, like you're you're like random herpes. <laughs> random herpes? Yes. Will Wilkins, Is that different from regular herpes? Yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. Uh, Will Wilkins literally saves, saved the show via tech support more than an IT office. He continues to save the show. Piercello was, was always a warm cu- comfort. Absolutely. Giselle was a bound, boundless ray of sunshine. I spoke to her the other day. She's doing great. And yeah, gr- love to hear her voice. Emily had an infectious aura of hope, and yeah, uh, I haven't heard from her at all. Bill helped me understand with his righteous rage and artistic dreams, and he is killing it, I think, uh, to to an extent. He's been directing some TV, and he has his comic Oh, good. Book. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, yeah, I don't think it's his ideal TV directing job, but he's getting paid to direct. Uh, Dan well, Etheridge. that's good. Yeah, and then he goes, uh, Dan Etheridge never existed. I don't know who that is. Marty, we keep telling you, you were talking to Humphrey the whole time, and it scared us. Oh, Humphrey's right here with me. Finally, Marty, you, you've been our stalwart captain who kept this ship running, granted sometimes running into an iceberg, but still. <laughs> sometimes, pretty much every time. If, if, if there's not an iceberg somewhere looming near, it doesn't feel like a, a proper show. Um, you've made a place for people to feel welcome and helped many through hardship. I hope you truly do understand how much you're appreciated. Much love, Murps. Chris Miller, that made my day. That made me put up with John for these, this however long we've been doing this. That made it worth it. Oh, Thank you, Chris. That, that was just a delight to hear. Uh, it has been a really fun time. And John, you are, have been such a great addition to the show. So I, I, of course I give you shit, but... Um, yeah, it is. That's what I'm here for. No, no. Oh, uh, yes. You know, you give you give as well as you get. So not not quite. <laughs> I was trying to I was trying to boost you up. Uh, I can't even do that. I can't even do that with any sincerity. 
damn it. Um, but no, John, it is it's a good thing I feel good about myself. <laughs> put up no, with all course. this crap. If you didn't feel good about yourself, we wouldn't do this. Uh, that's why they they leave. No, the first the first like five shows, I took it personally, and I wanted to not come back. And then I realized, yeah, whatever, <laughs> whatever. Uh, and then we've got something from Anthony uh, in Moab, and I guess it's snowing there. Hey everybody! So I just did my first roundtable discussion with all the other candidates running for the city council thing. Um, if you want to hear me call some UTVs a terrorist. No. KZMU.org is where they will be posting all that. You call people Um, terrorists? On other news, my dad passed away on Friday. Oh, my God. Um, Not from COVID. It was 16 months worth of hell on him. Oh, that's tough. And he fought infection after infection, and then he had to have his colon removed, and about three hours after the surgery is when he died. But now he's out of pain. Um, yeah. He's he. Sorry. Um, yeah. Uh, anyways, he he was a good man, and he will be heavily missed, especially in this community. Most of the people knew him. <laughs> but, um. Thanks for the free funny guys. Have a good one. Oh, Anthony, I, my heart goes out to you. That that is so heartbreaking, and uh, and. It sounds like he was in pain for 16 months, but even still, you, you, um, yeah, you go into that hoping, f- not wanting that, the end of pain you want to be from recovering from the surgery and not from, uh, from something bad happening. So uh, I'm so sorry you're going through that, and uh, thank you for sharing that. And I hope um, that the the local government issues are going your way because um, that's that's really tough um yeah losing a parent is is terrible yeah it's a sad sad hard thing and i'm really sorry yeah um very sorry for your loss yeah we I, when i my father-in-law passed away like we took him to the hospital and fully expecting to come back the next day to bring him lunch or, and then we were there back there like three hours later because something bad happened and then he passed away so um i yeah uh, it's that's awful um so i'm glad we got that towards the end because it's hard to go from uh that back to uh um the nonsense that we were talking about earlier um but uh, so well, the nonsense that you were talking about, and I was correcting you. Is oh, that yeah, yeah. What that's, that's what I meant. That's yeah. what I meant. Okay, thank good. you. Thank you for setting me straight, John. Yeah, I'm, that's what I'm here for. Yeah, and thank you for that. Not, to take massive amounts of shit. Yeah, and thank you for not wearing those those red leather Eddie Murphy pants because you know how I can't stop looking at you when you walk walk around. Well, those. you know, I actually am wearing them. You just can't see them. Oh, you've got they're wrapped around my leg. Because they don't fit. Because <laughs> my legs are too fat. Uh, I, I got it. I, I mean, but they shrunk. They sh- the, the pants shrunk in the wash. They shrunk when I took a shower when I had them on. It's well, really, yeah. I, yeah. I did watch Black Widow, which is now on Disney Plus, And that was fun watching David Harbour put on leather 
his leather outfit. Um, what do you think of that movie? I, it was fine. It was. Fine. Yeah, it was fine. Yeah. Interesting. Hey, I gotta tell. I gotta just, just, just gotta say, Foundation. We were ta- what were we talking about earlier about uh, well, sports movies? We were talking about movies where you know the outcome. Oh yeah. So have you? Do you ever, uh, by any chance, read the Foundation books by Isaac Asimov? I might have read it in fifth grade. I think I might have read the first one. Yeah. Well, I read I read them all, and I can only tell you just because the thing. Here's the thing. Imagine this. So Harry this a, Seldon. This is a series on on Apple TV, right? Now it's a series on Apple TV. It was a uh, classic, one of those Asimov classics that no one's actually read. And if they did, they'd say this guy can't really write very well. He wrote a lot, but he wasn't he wasn't he wasn't bad. As a, he wasn't as, saying anything. No, but he he was he was extremely sexist. Um, and uh, but all those old uh, science fiction guys were, and I think that the uh, the magazine guys martin uh hugo uh hugo gernsback um and the other martin the, the the editors were really interested in in ideas more than stories like are you talking like galaxy that that magazine yeah galaxy and astounding science fiction right, and all right, those right. those amazing stories those old science fiction magazines they they based on the kinds of writing that those guys did they were more interested in the uh, having interesting science fiction ideas rather than good good character development. Anyway, so so here's the thing. Uh, foundation is is the the idea is is this guy uh, called Harry Seldon who develops psychohistory and uh, which is a, a, a mathematical science that can predict the future to astonishing accuracy. And he knows that the galactic empire, which spans the entire galaxy, is going to collapse. And it'll lead to either 30,000 years of dark, dark times or a thousand years of dark times. If the foundation, which uh, sort of is set up on the other side of the, the galaxy, can preserve human knowledge during the dark times. And so that this is longer is, than the actual show. Huh? Your retelling is longer than the actual show. No, God, I'm sorry if it sounds boring, but see, the thing is that leads to a bunch of boringness because what he's done is he's created a, you already know what's going to happen, right? And it's going to happen over the course of like a thousand human lifetimes. Right. So how are you going to write an interesting story? Well, the the answer is you don't because I don't remember (laughs) anything else that happens in in those three. I read those three books. I don't remember any of the characters. I just remember the setup. It was just all. And so now I started watch. I've been watching the foundation and it is just the same. It's just like, wow, this is really atmospheric, full of big ideas. And I don't give a flying fuck about anything. I don't yeah. care. And lots, I just, of, lots of flowing robes and stuff. Like lots that. of flo- dark, dark, yeah. huge sets that are dark. And I mean, that's epic. Of, that's what boring. I worry about, uh, about Dune, you know, the upcoming Denis yeah. Villeneuve film yeah i just worry it's going to be flowing and boring you know well dune has better characters um and uh, a more interesting um world dune does but the interesting thing about that happens in dune right and the reason that dune messiah and children of dune and all the sequels kind of suck is what happens at the end of dune is the main character uh becomes completely 
prescient. Like he can tell exactly what's going to happen in the future. Oh, you mean like uh, kind of like Neo at the end of. Um, uh, yeah. At the end he, of, yeah. Uh, but, he, but he knows exactly what's going to happen for, the, and all the time. Right. Omniscient. And he becomes completely omniscient. And then and, and he leads a jihad that takes over the whole galaxy. And so then there's a sequel. And I got I swear to God, like I read the seek. I read the sequel. It's like there are no stakes left. There's absolutely nothing for anybody. Right. Everybody knows exactly what's going to happen. And I, it was just like, I'm just, so it's so like in, in a in a long form uh, improv, you're supposed to go incrementally. And then on the third round of the improv, then you go to Armageddon, you know, then sure. Then the stakes go batshit crazy because then you can't go any from anywhere from there because you're not yeah. supposed to, you know. Yeah. 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 Uh, that's interesting. So, um, well, what I learned when I when I when I learned improv is that if you want to go to Armageddon, go to Armageddon immediately, and then find out what happens next. <laughs> uh, that explains so much, John. So much, <laughs> uh, John. What would you recommend? Like, what would you think if you were to if somebody gave you a hundred million dollars and said, "I want you to adapt um, a, a science fiction novel." I want you to produce a, uh, a I'm going to let you produce a, a film, but it has to be based on a science fiction novel you've read. What would you, what would you pick? I would, uh, uh, there's a, a couple, but the first thing that comes to mind is um, the Miles Vorkosigan books by Lois McMaster Bujold. Cause they're awesome. Wait, you said a bunch of syllables. I didn't catch any of them. There's a, a woman science fiction writer who's actually won more Hugos and uh, Nebula Awards than anybody else named Lois McMaster Bujold, B-U-J-O-L-D. And she wrote a sequence, uh, a, a, a series of novels uh, about a character named Miles Vorkosigan. Um, it's it's space opera, which means that uh, space opera is basically stories that take place in a world where humans have um, covered the, uh, the the galaxy with different empires and stuff, and they, they kind of fight each other. I don't know why it's called space opera. It does, it's Wait, sort of like screwball comedy. It doesn't really isn't really like what it sounds like it is. Okay. Um, so anyway, and it's they're fantastic. The, the characterizations are fantastic. The plots are great. There's it's really wonderful. Hmm? There's sixteen of them. Yeah, there's sixteen of them. Um, it they're 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 fucking great. Oh um, wow! Okay, never yeah. never heard of them. Yeah. All well, right. they're really great. That's a- they're really super great. And then uh, another another thing that I read more recently uh, that I I love, uh, and that would be like a TV show. Um, Although it's it's really uh, from first person, it's first person, so that becomes kind of difficult. Part part of the, it's called the murder the murder bot diaries. We talked about this before. Oh yeah, by Mary uh, Wells, I think, or, or Martha Wells. Um, Mary Wells was a singer for the. She sang "My Girl, mm-hmm. My Guy." <laughs> Nothing you can. Say. Yeah. Not the same person, um, and uh, and that's really wonderful because the murder bot is a sentient uh, security android who uh, really thinks humans are stupid and really just wants to watch his soap opera. 
Um, and it's it's super funny, but also the plots are really great, very interesting. But I, I'm not sure that would. It doesn't sound super cinematic, right? Because it, you it's did say all, TV it, series, the, but I did say I did specify hundred million dollar movie. Yeah, well, yeah, hmm. yeah, and that would that it's funny because you mentioned a hundred million dollar movie, and I started thinking epic. You know, I'm thinking trying to think of something really big, and it's you like, thought robot who wants to who wants to watch soap operas, nothing bigger than that. Well, you know, no, there's a lot of action. There's an awful lot of action, but the best part of it is is the guy's interior life. Um. <clears throat> so anyway, those are. Those, what are you about you? What would you What would you pick? Um, I would do the novelization of Star Wars: A New Hope. <laughs> That's great. That's a great. Did you ever read a splinter, a, a my splinter in the mind's eye, or splinter? Mo- the moat in God's eye? No, I did. Yeah, I read that. Did you read that? Uh, no, no. Is that, is oh. that no? Larry Nevin and, Larry and Nevin, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Jerry Purnell. I read yeah, that. Yeah. That's a that's a good one. Um, no, this the it was a it was a, a sequel to Star Wars that um, that Harry Dean Anderson in this. Was that the guy who played? I don't know. Some guy wrote it. And uh, it was pretty good. Harry Anderson, good. the star of Night Court. Yeah, it was Harry. No, it was Harry. It was Dean. It was Dean Stockwell. Dean Stockwell, the boy with green hair? No, Dean Stockwell, the guy who played Cole Shack, the Night Stalker. No, that was. No, it was Kojak. It was, it was Terry Teddy Savalas. He wrote it. Teddy Savalas. Um, Telly Savalas. You now you Teddy Teddy Pendergrass. You were definitely having a stroke. Teddy Teddy Bear. Teddy oh Roosevelt. Francis Ford Coppola. Uh, okay, we'll never find out. No one cares. I don't even know what I'm talking about anymore. Yeah, yeah. Um, anymore, like I knew. <laughs> no, but what? When? Why did you bring that up? I don't remember. Okay. Anyhow, on that note, uh, we are approaching the end. John, tell us what's going on with you know it. You know it is going to come back not this Thursday, but the Thursday after. I'm going to have a lot of special guests, uh, and they're all going to be fantastic and wonderful. Hey, Marty, you want to be on the show in two weeks? You just said you wanted someone fantastic <laughs> and wonderful, so uh, no, no, I'm good. <laughs> no, I want you. You're fantastic and wonderful. Uh, if you, Okay, write in if you think Marty is fantastic and wonderful. <laughs> if you don't think he's fantastic and wonderful, don't write in. I'm so fragile no, no, right now. No, wait, I'm no. so no. fragile. That. If don't you write think, in. <laughs> if you think that Marty is fantastic and wonderful, don't write in. We're, we're going to have not, oh. not going to have any mail. Oh, that's, that's going to be so good. So every, uh, everybody's uh, not going to write in. Except for Steve Owens and Steve Cougar. That's uh, so, so disappointing. Steve Cougar's not going to listen to this. And Steve Owens, by the way, I love you. Yeah, you're all right, Steve. Yeah. No, we, we love hearing from you, and I'm glad you didn't have to pay. No, I don't, I don't like hearing from you. No, I don't. <laughs> Don't encourage him to write. Um, Jesus Christ! I start. I was telling everybody when I when the computer crashed that I start a new job tomorrow. So, um, but oh, you better go to bed now. I I know, I know. But um, I would love to be on on the show next week. That be or two weeks. You would? Week. Okay, great. Hey, are you going to go into work? No, no. They uh, it's be all completely remote. One hundred percent remote. Yeah, the the they don't have offices in L.A. So, wow. So yeah. you're never going to go to work. Um. Don't let them hear that. They hear everything, this company. 
What is the name of the company again? I You're not going to tell me. I cannot tell you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's secret. It's secret company. Secret. Secret. Super secret companies. Number one. Yeah. Yeah. Double secret probation company. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You can just look it up on LinkedIn and, and when I when I post it eventually. But so it's not really a huge secret, but I'll let you know when it when I well, whatever. All right. Uh, <laughs> everybody, we are so grateful for the these 300 and one episodes i think it's amazing congratulations marty thank you well I, it's been this is my favorite combination of the show just you and me none of those two motherfuckers here um but no it, it has been super great i do miss dan dan uh for those of you who don't know they are working on the reboot of party down they are they're working hard at, they're hard at work uh oh, it's I, great i, I, I love it. that show yep yeah, I loved it too. I saw John this weekend, and I and my let's see. John is John writing everything. Uh, well, I think yes, I think he's going to be writing the bulk of it, and uh, John Enbaum. And then my friend said, "Oh, you're going to bring Marty's character back?" And he's like, "Oh, Marty, yeah. <laughs> don't even remember his name. Don't even remember the character's name." And then that was dropped. So um, don't expect to see me. But you can hope to see all the other gang, uh, though Jane Lynch is now on Broadway in a revival funny girl with with Beanie, um, Beanie, what's her name? Feldstein. Um, really? Yeah. Isn't that cool? Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. She, she can sing. She can sing and dance. She can? Yeah. Yeah. She sang on, on um, that show that she was on. Glee? Glee. Yeah. She did? I yeah. don't really remember her singing. Yeah. Well they you know, she played the coach on that, but she so she wasn't supposed to sing, but she did have one but she is a trained singer, so um well, she's awesome. She is awesome. She was so, like the one day I worked on Party Down, she was a delight um while we were sitting around. She was just regaling. I was on the, I was on the show that was her wedding. But oh, I never nice. saw nice. Never saw her. Oh. I, she, I don't think she was even working the day I was working. Oh, sorry, John. She was terrible. She was, yeah, <laughs> don't worry about it. All right. Uh, please, everybody, email in um, unless you like me. In that case, don't email in. Yeah. Uh, but it's noonerpodcast at gmail.com. And you can follow John at Sylvain BBB. And he, do you post um, you know it, about you know it on there? No. On you Twitter? Know, on Twitter. Uh, I don't as just, much as just, I, I will from now on. Just I don't post yeah, anything. Just go if you want to, if you want to know what's going on with me, the place to look is not Twitter. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You know what? I, I'm I by did, the house. I did want to. Yeah. Come by the house. He lives on twenty twenty forty three, West. Uh, no. Yeah, that's exactly. Go right. on YouTube and just go to you know it and subscribe. Subscribe and ring the bell. For no yeah, for go and go watch the old episodes because they're still they're all good. They're all they're, and, and a, if you watch a, them again, you'll you'll be really good at the answers. That's a really good idea. Yeah. That's yeah. a really good idea. Watch one really fast, get all the answers, and then go back and say, "Hey, I found this show to your family," and you look like a genius. Yeah, that's what I do. So next week, Cassandra is going to be running the show. She said that she's going to be back for that. Hopefully. Steve will be better, and and the two of us will be around. So I will not be there. Oh, okay. Yeah, my wife is taking. My birthday is next week, oh. and my wife is 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 going to take me out for uh, my birthday. Okay, all right. So, 
that then that is our gift to you is we won't give you shit next week. I'm sure you will. I mean, yes, I, I, I've listened to the show when I'm not there. And oh, it seems like Steve, Steve doesn't really have anything to do if I'm not if, if he's not making fun of me. Yeah. I, you know, so uh, then I, you know, he's a, he lives a small, sad life. And so I'm, I'm willing to give him, you know, that. Yeah. And I live a slightly larger but sadder life. No, I don't think so. No, I don't know. No, I, mean, no, I, I have a pretty so. blessed life. Uh, no, you you got it pretty good. You yeah. got the except for except for the dog with the eyes, you're gonna pop out. Everything about your life. Hey, you have a nice house. You have a nice wife. You have two dogs that are really nice. They haven't popped out yet. <laughs> no, they already have. Oh, all right. All Seriously. Right. Okay. They uh, already. Have. We uh, again. Thank you for everybody who emailed in, um, and Chris Miller. Thank you for your your email, and Anthony. Our hearts go out to you and your family. Yeah, I uh, hope you're doing well during this very very difficult time, and we will see you next Tuesday. Smodco Internet Production. Sip only at smodcast.com. <laughs>